Hey gang, your pal Dave here. Well, 2023 is come and gone. It's been a hell of a year. We are about to hit the five-year mark with this show here in the next couple weeks, which is really hard to believe. So for the year-end show this year, I pulled some of my, some of the best clips from 2023, but I also went back in the archives for some of my favorite gems from uh, over the years. So hope everyone has a happy new year. And a wonderful 2024. In no particular order, though, uh, let's listen to some of these clips from the past five years. I'm going to start things off with a recent episode, Elizabeth Clare, who, if you recall, liked to fuck aliens, specifically her boyfriend, Akon. So, naturally, the real Akon had to join us in studio for that show. When she got to the top, the UFO was landed on the ground and waiting for her. Of course it was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it has Elizabeth Claire radar, so they knew exactly when she'd get to the top. Claredar. Ah, not bad. <laughs> As she got closer, Elizabeth saw that the man with the gray eyes was standing outside the UFO. She ran up to him and jumped into his arms, to which he asked her if she was scared. Elizabeth said no, and with that, he picked her up and took her inside the UFO. She immediately dropped to her knees. started bobbing on some alien sucked his three-pronged cock (laughs) oh what if that was what it was like like he had no like he had three dicks instead of one like it was one but then it went out into three like three different heads i don't know why but in my mind when dave described like sucking an alien cock the first thing i thought of was like a three-pronged cock (laughs) oh that's your issue to deal with, friend. Well, cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> but can you imagine? It's like, as multi-task. you're sucking the middle one, the other two are rubbing your cheeks, <laughs> like, <laughs> penetrating your ears. Holes is holes. Holes is holes. One's like in your ear, the other one's like stroking your hair. Like, shh. Shh. <laughs> I think that's a rule 34 search that someone's going to be doing tomorrow. <laughs> Once inside the inside the UFO or inside her? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the UFO. Okay, just clarifying for listeners. All right. (laughs) The being introduced himself is Akon. Convict. Convict. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. All right, Akon joins the story. I can get down with this. Uh, he was a scientist from another planet. I think it was an astrophysicist, to be exact. Super smart. Really smart uh, alien guy. That's what Akon claimed to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm talking about alien Akon, oh, not, alien not, Akon, not our hip-hop Akon. R&B artist Akon. Right, fair enough. He has enough accolades, the music star. Very well regarded. Sure. On Earth. <laughs> On Earth. <laughs> Hated on Mars. <laughs> Very popular on Earth. Doesn't translate well on Mars. No. Akon went on to tell Elizabeth how even though he looked like he was 60 years old, he had actually been alive for well over 100 years. And you find out later on that it's actually 3,000 years. Like, oh, well, he's been around for a minute. And in all those years, he had never found someone to fall in love with until he became aware of Elizabeth. <laughs> I've been alive for 3,000 years, planetary explorations. I've been on this planet and that planet. 
But goddamn, that girl on that mountain in South Africa, <laughs> she That's is the it. one. Mm. She did it. <laughs> She's my whole mate. I mean, my soulmate. <laughs> the moment Elizabeth was born, Akon got some type of a divine message, like my soulmate was just born, something along those Old lines. <laughs> it was at that point that Akon would protect Elizabeth until she was old enough to be in a relationship and when her mind would be ready to grasp all of this. And with that, they had their first kiss. Groomer. Jeez. <laughs> Sicko. How old was she here? <laughs> when he's kissing her? Yeah. 40 something. 40 something. She was seven the first time. Well. Well, this fucking guy said that the moment she was born, he got this divine message. Yeah. She was Isn't that, She was marked since she was a baby. Come on, Akon. Isn't that some <laughs> Twilight shit? Yeah, imprinting on her. It's what I was going to say. Exactly. Yeah. Jay Weird. Fett, right? Yeah. Uh, stop it. We don't know this much about Twilight. We're kidding. <laughs> Jesus. Where's a joke? Akon told Elizabeth that he was taking her to a larger ship so that she could meet more of his people and he could explain to her how everything worked. Akon said that their ships were made by taking pure energy and morphing it into a physical substance. Then they were surrounded by an electromagnetic field. And that's what allowed them to fly mm. silently, do all the UFO stuff. When they got to the larger ship, Akon first introduced Elizabeth to his brother, Hobbin. Oh, hello, Hobbin. <laughs> it's not a good alien name. Jesus. My name's Hobbin. It's fucking moron. You like Nobbin? Yeah, it's moron brother Hobbin. <laughs> Got a cool ass Akon over here. And there's, there's Hobbin in the corner. He's five foot one. <laughs> it's got a snaggle too. <laughs> and Hobbin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They all sat down and ate a bunch of fruits and vegetables that Elizabeth said gave her a ton of energy. And Akon explained that the fruits and vegetables were grown on their ship using nothing but intense light. That's why they had so much energy. You know? It's like oh. they're so pure. Oh, yeah. I think she just got H-bombed. <laughs> Sprinkled some halcyon on those vegetables. I have all this energy. <laughs> And I don't remember the last four hours. <laughs> oh, so what happened? Where am I? <laughs> Why is Hobbin sucking on my toes? <laughs> of course Hobbin would do that, right? That's what he's into. <laughs> From there, Akon told her about the history of his people. He told her that they were originally from Venus, which wasn't the Venus that we know today. Oh, of course not. According to Akon, Venus was full of vast rainforest-type greenery and oceans, but as the sun expanded, Venus became unlivable. Akon said that his people lived on Earth briefly before humans, then they went to Mars for a bit before settling on a planet in the Alpha Centauri star system. Akon went on to tell Elizabeth that when she had woken up in the hospital after being on that hill, when the, she was laying in the bright green grass and she saw the sea and everything and the UFO came flying by, that was, in fact, Akon's home planet. I knew it. I knew it wasn't a dream. Just kind Boom. of like maybe a, maybe like an astral 
projection. Okay. Type deal. All right. That, that's... No, for real. She was knocked the fuck out, Dave. She was out cold there <laughs> in that aircraft carrier or whatever she was, that hangar. <laughs> From there, Akon took Elizabeth back to the hill on the Drakensburg Mountains, gave her a kiss, and said that he would return soon. You already know I want to fuck you. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> Fast forward three years, so 1958, Elizabeth had a gut feeling that Akon would be waiting for her at the top of the hill. (laughs) I I bet you did. (laughs) Where he had previously landed. Sure enough, when she got to the top of the hill, Akon was waiting for her. Elizabeth jumped into his arms, but they both noticed an Air Force helicopter off in the distance. Akon took Elizabeth into his craft, hit a button that made it invisible, and flew down to the farm. Together, Elizabeth and Akon walked into the doorway of her house, where Elizabeth's sister was standing there in awe. What, what, what? (laughs) (laughs) Akon told Elizabeth to meet him on that same hill tomorrow, and he would make sure that they wouldn't be interrupted. It's not not clear how he was going to make sure they weren't interrupted. (laughs) Just to go back to that spot tomorrow morning, they would meet. Love finds a way, Ian. Yeah, he'll get it done. Love finds a way. <laughs> Don't be such a negative Nancy. You're always so quick to dismiss these topics. Come on. So the next morning, she went back up to the hill, and Akon took Elizabeth onto the craft and gave her a silver and green ring that was kind of like an engagement ring, I guess, but it would allow them to communicate telepathically at any time. Then, according to Elizabeth, they, quote, made love. You already know I want to fuck you. Fuck yeah. Come on, Akon. Get it in. It's just really that, um, like, romance novel Well, because we'll get to it later, but she was an old woman when she wrote this book, more or less, right? This was much, much later. She was a lonely old woman. So I'm interested in how she recounted this experience from her younger days. His pulsating member uh, (laughs) pressed against my inner thigh. A ripple of chills flashed up my body as my nipples hardened. (laughs) I mean, I'm just spitballing here. It's not bad, Mike. You're like... Keep going, Mike. Keep going. (laughs) Spit in your hand. Keep going. What were you saying? I just want to smell his dick. (laughs) (laughs) The next morning, Akon dropped Elizabeth back off at the Drakensburg Mountains. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that song is so fucking good. <laughs> to the night not having sex ways of the past. <laughs> the not having sex ways of the past, excuse me. Good for you, Akon. <laughs> Probably Akon's best song. As voted by me. All right, uh up next the Goofy clip from uh, the Lewis Garavito show. I had pulled several clips of Goofy, apparently the ones that made it onto the soundboard were not the legitimate goofy clips take a listen 
they all kind of viewed him as a lovable idiot, and they called him Goofy, as in the Disney character. Jesus. <laughs> Play that again. That wasn't goofy. I don't think that's goofy. <laughs> what is that? I pulled that off a of goofy supercut. It said it was. It's not goofy. Oh, of course. Well, that's that first one was not goofy. Something wrong here. <laughs> That first, one. that first one is me whenever Brittany posts a new Instagram video <laughs> dancing with knives. Play that again. Here's me. I think that's the same guy. I think it is. I chopped up a supercut of Goofy, and that's where that came from. So. That's some dark web shit there, man. Some fucking good. random guy <laughs> making a noise. I stand by that clip. That's goofy. <laughs> oh, God, Something wrong here. I'm crying. <laughs> oh, that just ruined Disney for me. <laughs> <laughs> so Mary ended up letting uh, Louise back in the house. By this point, uh, her son was now 15 years old. And Luis ended up getting in a physical altercation with this kid and she Mm. kicked him out. Like the alcohol was building up again. Like, you know, he was coming home being a, being a jerk. How long did he last? Not very long. Mm. Is he still doing the, uh, I don't, I don't think he was doing, doing much of anything. Not doing any sex moves with her. Mm -mm. (laughs) How would, how might it have sounded if he was doing sex moves with her? (laughs) <laughs> he's like and then mary lewis is like something wrong here <laughs> um, I, I feel bad laughing so much right now those clips are ridiculous <laughs> Up next, going way back to the classic Annalise Michelle. Mikel? Michelle? Something like that. Here you go. Her her boyfriend, Peter, stuck by her through the whole thing. That was probably fun. Right? I think it's like she did the I voice mean, when they were banging and stuff. <laughs> Peter, fuck me. <laughs> Hammer my possessed pussy, Peter. Crucify my twat. <laughs> I hope for Peter's sake that didn't happen. <laughs> Do me, Peter. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> He's sticking around for some reason, right? I guess so. Um, I'm only, I don't know. I don't. Fuck me, Peter. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> she, uh... Peter said she saw him in screaming fits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mixed with uh Peter, I'm coming, Peter, I'm coming, Peter. Um, <laughs> she and these screaming fits were mixed with her throwing stuff at him. And then I guess Peter started to wonder if she really was possessed because he wasn't buying it up until right. this stuff started. 
Um, Put it in my ass, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> wow, how about the quality on those oldos? That's way before the soundboard. How did you guys even stick around and listen? We sound like we're in a vacuum cleaner. Next up, another classic story. This, I believe, is from the 2019 year-end show. The story of Mike shitting himself. Enjoy. Yeah, your most embarrassing oh. story, <laughs> jackass. <laughs> All right. He's trying to get out of it. <clears throat> I'm not sure I've ever actually told this story before. This one's... To anyone in the world? Yeah, I know. I don't think so. And frankly, I think this blows both of yours out of the water. No pun intended, Ian, with your fucking wave pole <laughs> little story. So I think it was before I was driving. So it must have been 14, 15 years old, probably 14. My friend and I rode our bikes from our house to the center of town to go to either the library or the rec center. Can't remember which one. Probably about a four-mile bike ride. We went the distance. Not bad, but distance enough. We go to leave, and as we're about, I don't know, half a mile back into the ride, I start getting the old tummy rumblies. Realize I got to take a little poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever tried pedaling a bike? Why you gotta take a shit? It's not pleasant. It's not. So, like, there'd be moments where, like, I felt great, and I'm like, oh, I got this. I'm going fine, you know, whatever. And then it just hits you again, and you start, like, dri dripping sweat from, you know, just beads of sweat down your body. Yeah. It's about a four-mile bike ride we have to do. I'm wearing a T-shirt, athletic shorts, and boxers. We're riding, and I look like death. Like, I'm trying. I'm trying to get their stomachs and knots. Feel awful. Like, I just, I need to get to a bathroom. I'm looking for, like, I wish it was a house that had, like, a construction going on. I could find a porta potty None of that. Nothing going on. Pedaling, pedaling, pedaling. We get to the home stretch, and I start feeling really good. I'm like, all right, I just got to get home. I'm acting it out here for you guys, obviously. <laughs> telling a story. I got to get home. We As we get to our street, it hits me like no other. You know, like... <laughs> I'm holding it in, but it's not in at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I get to my driveway, drop my bike, run up to the front door of my parents' house, and it just all falls out of me. <laughs> front step of the front door, and I'm wearing basketball shorts and boxers, so there's nothing to hold it in. <laughs> Literally falls down my leg and all just lands on the front porch. <laughs> It's just poo poo. <laughs> Not my best day. <laughs> Not my best moment. Who cleaned it up to get the hose out? So I get in the house, and I, luckily, and it was like a summer day. Like it was hot. It probably was steamy and stinky and no. nothing great. <laughs> get inside, clean up, do whatever I got to do, come outside and just kind of kick it into like a little shopping bag or whatever and throw it in the trash <laughs> and that was the end of Man, it upstairs. <laughs> so the thing is no one actually i don't think saw it happen but it was still my most embarrassing moment of all time Man, clean up my poop. <laughs> I pooped all this stuff, man. god damn it man clean up my poop that's about oh, what it was man. like that's funny it wasn't great at the time. Like just feeling it 
Nah, was your friends still there laughing at? No, we went they to our house. Video? We went to our houses. Like, so that was it, it was literally I don't think anyone saw it. Mm. And it was still my most embarrassing moment. 14-year-old boy and it just falls down my leg into the front steps. It was real bad poop. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you could just kick it into a bag. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> if it was real bad, you'd have to get the hose out. Look, okay, maybe I un- I underestimated when I said I kicked it into a bag. <laughs> it looked like you just took wet mud and dumped it in a plop pile on the front porch. So why are you kicking it? What else am I supposed to fucking do at this point? Like, I just want to get it out of there. I'm not going to touch it with my hand. Oh. There was no hose readily available without making a scene. Oh, gross. I honest to God don't think I've ever told anyone that until just now. Now the whole world's and I'm really it's regretting great. having I love said it. that. It's great. Okay. Well, that's that. <laughs> okay, this next clip, uh, going back to part three of the Oklahoma City bombing series, nothing warms my heart more than roasting racist assholes. So this is uh, a bit about the uh, leader of Elohim City, David Millar, with a interesting speech impediment, a uh, bit about the racist hotline. Oh boy, this guy. <laughs> I love Christ. I love him. <laughs> it's so great. Like the first line when he's like, but I lived there. <laughs> like his voice cracks and it's just so perfect. He's just such a little character. I'm not a racist. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I like how he goes through talking about how, how they don't hate people. And uh, and it's a good community. And yeah. then he brings up the fact that they believe in Christian identity. And then he goes on to talk about uh, interracial relationships and comparing them to breeding dogs like German shepherds and, and shit. Like, yeah, what? great. Whew. We yeah, don't want to start else. a waste war. Woo-wee. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great clip. <laughs> So that's that's who's running this shindig nowadays. <laughs> yep. H- head on down to LAM City, folks. <laughs> and we remember Wooby Widge. <laughs> Good God. That's a that's a character that's gotta come back to our shows. I love this guy. <laughs> David Millar. Yeah, he's awesome. I'm very, I believe, very I believe- racist. I believe his official name is Wasis David. <laughs> Please welcome back to the show, Wasis David. David, how are you? I'm very, very scared of black people. <laughs> but David, what did they ever do to you? Make me really uncomfortable. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, there it is, folks. It's reprehensible what they do. <laughs> I, i'm just gonna keep the nonsense going here with this next line i'm about to read <laughs> yeah oh folks it gets better so dennis mihan had a girlfriend named carol howe these two jackasses met after Howe called a phone service that mihan ran called dial a racist hotline which was basically some shitty thing that you could call and complain about negative experiences you had with other races of people. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to be lonely at racistsonly.com. When I read that, I'm like, what is even happening in this story? (laughs) 
I don't even know if people are have farmers only in their area, but that's an ad that runs here nonstop late at night, farmersonly.com. So I feel like this, I feel like when I hear dial a racist hotline, like I think of like those like late night sex ch- phone chat things mm-hmm. where you can like dial up a number and then you have like phone sex with another racist and you just talk about despicable things and get your jollies off. That's where my mind went with it at least. Racist hotline, can I help you? <laughs> What's that? You said some Mexicans moved in next door to you. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Can, racist can you hotline. imagine? Can you imagine the Karens calling that nowadays <laughs> for every fucking issue yeah. that they have? Racist hotline. How can we help you? <laughs> I'd like to report a black person sitting in the park. Well, that ain't acceptable, Karen. <laughs> Karen. <laughs> Maybe David Millar could run the, the line. Hello, Oasis Hotline. How can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> this is something else. The story. Yeah, AJ, like, it's so weird, man. It, when I was reading, I'm like, what is going on right now? <laughs> the problem is you really don't even feel bad laughing at them because they're just pieces of shit, scumbag human beings. Oh, I can do this all oh. day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's so that? You said the China dating. delivery guy gave you the wrong order? That's not acceptable. <laughs> That's literally basically what it was from what I read was that she had like just some like shitty experience, like an argument with a black person at a party or something and called oh. this fucking number and then got hooked up with Dennis Mahan. <laughs> it's so dumb. What's that? You said your rabbit ears are down. You can't get the NASCAR race in. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, we can't. No, can't do that one. (laughs) Sorry, Mike. Sorry about that. (laughs) It's all right. We're allowed to make those jokes. I'm a NASCAR fan. Uh, Next up, uh, I got a couple of done some fake commercials over the years. Probably not a long time, but I pulled a couple of my favorites. Hi friends, your pal Dave here to talk to you about an exciting new opportunity to add to your healthcare portfolio. Dave's unlicensed home gynecology practice. Are you tired of stuffy, crowded waiting rooms and quote unquote real doctors who have an MD and actual medical equipment? If so, why not check out Dave's unlicensed gyno shop? They offer both in-house and virtual exams sure to fit your busy schedule. Their patented premium penetration process will leave you completely satisfied with your visit. And of course, they will never sell video of your exam to Pornhub. Although if you have a real cute cooter, they might upload it for free. Also, there's no need to speculate about whether or not it's an actual speculum they're using for your exam. Spoiler alert, it's not. So, if you're ready to put some pizzazz in your next pap smear, head on over to Dave so they can get a look at that thing. And remember, unlike most gynecology offices, at Dave's they administer a heavy anesthetic prior to your exam. You won't remember one second of your invasive inspection, guaranteed. You're welcome. So what are you waiting for? Vaginal vacancies are available now. Give them a call today at 1-800-TUNE-UP-YOUR-TWAT. That's 1-800-TUNE-UP-YOUR-TWAT. 1-800-TUNE-UP-YOUR-TWAT. Get that twat the tune-up it deserves today. Hi, friends. Your pal Dave here for an exciting new website from Mike at Necronomapod. Clitsdon'texist.com. Does this sound familiar? You're doing it doggy style with your lady. When all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she yells, rub my clit, rub my clit, and stops you dead in your tracks. Your thoughts quickly turn to terror as your mind races to answer the question, what the fuck is a clit? You consider telling her to rub it herself, then quickly realize this is impossible since she's handcuffed to the drain pipe 
in your mom's basement next to the futon you sleep on. In a panic, you try to reach for her, but instead knock over your Dungeons & Dragons game board. A complete disaster! You could have avoided this mess by accessing all of the resources available on clitstonexist.com. You'll learn appropriate responses like, I've never seen a clit on any of my Game of Thrones action figures, or my ex-girlfriend didn't have a clit, but she's from Canada. You probably don't know her. Or if all else fails, just get out the chloroform, which is how you got her in your basement in the first place. Who wants to be out looking for a man in a boat when you can be playing with your WWE action figures? After all, you're a member of the Dungeon Master Guild, not the Coast Guard. Remember guys, if you can't find it, it doesn't exist. Clitstonexist.com. Join today. That gyno shop's still in business, by the way. We keep it on the down low, move locations, uh, you know, mobile clinics, things like that. Try to stay under the radar. 1-800-TUNE-UP-YOUR-TWAT. Next up, a clip from the Ed Gein episodes. A little bit about Ed's mom. And the roles reversed. Ed was taking care of Augusta and reading her the Bible every night before bed. You're still not allowed to have any pussy, Ed, even though I'm in bed right now, I can't stop you. No pussy for Ed. You're a pure boy. You don't get the pussy. Pussy's evil. Started teetering on uh, little Nikki at the end there. <laughs> Release the evil. I was like, what's he talking about? <laughs> Things eventually started to get back to normal until um, Augusta died of a second stroke on December 29th, 1945. According to Ed, he and Augusta went to buy straw from a man who lived nearby. When they pulled up to his house, the man was outside beating a dog to death. And a woman was outside screaming at this guy to stop. According to Ed, this caused Augusta's second stroke. But it wasn't like the trauma of watching this dog get beaten to death. It was the fact that the man and woman were not married, but they were living in the same house. <laughs> Dude, I wonder if she said that as she was dying. She was like, oh, it's not the dog. It's them living in the same house. Oh! I'm not buying straw from these sinners. And take it home. See, I had interpreted as she had recovered a little bit. But still, I think it works both ways. I wonder, so do, do we know this? Is this confirmed? Not the dog being bludgeoned to death. I mean, it's confirmed that she died on December 29th from a stroke. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, but, <laughs> Nothing about this story. <laughs> oh, the humanity. Four days after Jesus' birthday, and these people are living in sin, selling straw, and beating a dog to death. This is unacceptable, biblically. And dead. Gone. I'm going home to Jesus. Fuck Plainfield. <laughs> <laughs> Take your Michael Vick shit somewhere else, motherfucker. <laughs> Sinner. No pussy for you after I'm gone, Eddie. All right. Uh, next up, going back to the Casey Anthony episodes, they had a forensic expert looking at Casey's search history. So I got a hold of that same expert and had him uh, take a look at Mike's search history for the week. Uh, surprising, surprising things we found there. Hmm. Uh, Ian, if I could interrupt you there. Mm-hmm. Um, I contacted John Bradley last week, and I had him perform the same forensic analysis on Mike's computer. <laughs> yeah, and he was able to pull <laughs> Mike's search history from last week. And I just thought I, I, I'd like to 
go over a few of these search terms that uh, that John Bradley provided me. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So first we have Chad Kroger naked. I I think that's the lead singer of, of Nickelback. I don't, I don't know about that. It's a little weird. I showed the background of my phone, Pally. Yeah. Was Dale Earnhardt murdered? He's still on that 20 years later, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Why won't they let me get a real chair? I, I guess that's that's a, that's a studio pick that we posted. Yeah, he's sitting in a little Go to YouTube for more information on that one. Yeah. Why do people hate Creed? <laughs> Self-evident, but, you know, it's Mike. I don't know. Is the clit real? It... it, it Science, yeah, I, it's not like there's articles. All right, statute of limitations on college roofies. Why would you be searching that, Mike? It's weird. Is 13 inches too big? I, what kind of search is that? I, I'm not sure what that was referring to. Ask your wife. PV- <laughs> um, what's next, Tim? Do crime. Do true crime podcast listeners like to do blowjobs? <laughs> that's, that's a good search, I guess. <laughs> that's a very real search, that's actually. Right. Is storming the Capitol illegal? Were you planning on participating no. in the... Uh... Well, no, not until I was commanded to. Uh, okay. Whoops. All right, I've got how to trademark any hoodles. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Long-term effects of binge drinking. You're really busy there at home with your... Uh, uh, who's really busy? You got a fucking 19-page document over John, here. John Bradley pulled all these for me. I don't know. Oh. Can't wait till we debunk John Bradley here. Uh, is Mike Namapod hot? Oh, he's searching for himself. Some more people are saying, okay. What is that, a vanity search? Is that what <laughs> yeah, it's called, apparently. a vanity search? <laughs> Casey Anthony Anal. Okay, at least you're doing research for this week's show. Sure. Yep. Sean Michaels penis in purple tights. Not a bad search. Okay, I get it. He did not wear ever purple tights. So. <laughs> That's what I was about to jokes, say. <laughs> jokes on you, Pally. Jokes on you. He didn't wear purple tights. Thank you, Fair Ian. Enough. Ian's got my back. Right. He's about to jump in there too. <laughs> you find purple tights, and I'll show you a new erection, Pally. The last one on this list. It says, "Is doing a weed one time dangerous?" <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is doing a weed one time dangerous? I would like it to be known that every time I now go pee in the studio, I'm taking my phone so Dave can't search my history anymore. Hey, John Bradley did this. He remoted in to your IP yeah. address. Well, from... He's Canadian, so literally nothing he says is relevant. Right. Come just... on. It's Canada. I'm sorry to expose your search history, but uh, Stop I just it. thought it was necessary. <laughs> uh, up next, I have the story of how we met and uh, Ian's sponge story, which I which we get a lot of questions about how those arose so i thought i would throw those in there enjoy um i've seen or heard that there's been more and more comments and questions about people wanting to know how we all met which i feel like is the most common question we get asked who's asking us like bail bondsman uh... (laughs) probably well so i'm my point is i think it's time to uh refresh everybody who who may not be in the know should, who would like to tell the story? Should I tell it? You, one of you guys want to tell it? Well, you guys met first. Mike and I were doing a bid, ten to fifteen for armed robbery, and then <laughs> no, that's not what happened. <laughs> we're gang banging. 
<laughs> no, literally each other. These gangbangs in the, the cell. We were at the glory hole and Ian brought <laughs> his then girlfriend. <laughs> uh, so Dave and I met. Uh, we used to be direct neighbors, like literally lived next to each other. That's how we met. That's true. Became friends. Uh, and then Ian moved into our neighborhood down the road and we met him uh, through our, uh, you lived right behind our friend Jared from Just Brew Coffee. Right. And he introduced you to us at like a, a hangout or something, like a neighborhood hangout. Yeah. When I met him, I would, for some reason, I brought up uh, WWE. He was like, oh, there's this guy that lives down the road that has <laughs> that loves WWE. He's got some replica belts and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's well, cool. Replica, pal. I won those Real shoot, shoot competitions. <laughs> Various grappling and fisticuff contests. Who doesn't bring up their love of WWE the first time they meet a new neighbor? <laughs> Look, I, I'll be honest. I usually don't. But in this case, I'm glad Ian did. Because yeah. then the first time we hang out, Jared's like, oh, you got to meet this guy. He loves fucking wrestling and, and MMA. And I was, I'm a big MMA fan, too. So we introduced us. He's like, oh, you got a coffee company? Do you like wrestling, though? <laughs> yeah, Ian's like, big whoop. But what are your thoughts on Shawn Michaels tights? What do you think about his match against Mankind at Mind Games in October of 1996? <laughs> September of 1996, excuse me. I apologize to Mick Foley and Shawn Michaels for that era. Uh, so Ian and I met. We became friends and started hanging out quite a bit, watching wrestling, UFCs, drinking beers, you know, getting stuck in snowstorms, raising all kinds of hell. And then I don't, I don't know. How did you guys actually meet? I'm I think sure. I was gone by then. We had moved out. You had had enough of uh, my hillbilliness living next door. And all the girls that come and go from my house. Like it's a pimp next door. I can't take all this. Uh... It's only a matter of time before my wife's over there. <laughs> <laughs> I got scared and I left town. <laughs> no, but then we ended up moving back like a, a year later. And then you introduced me to Ian. Like, who's this guy with the hand tattoos, man? <laughs> What's his deal? <laughs> who's this fucking guy? <laughs> I think it was at like a UFC thing. Yeah, Mike's house. Yeah. And you're not, I mean, you, you'd be the first to admit you're not outwardly friendly. Uh, no, you I'm meet not. You new people, so I yeah. have too much yeah. to say at first. And I'm like, People usually think I'm an asshole. Because <laughs> you're just a quiet guy. Yeah. And then, you know. I, I'm kidding. I'm not really judgy like that. So I like the hand tattoos there. Right. Well, and then what's funny, what's funny about the dynamic, though, is Ian's like a quiet reserve guy, yeah. uh, especially when you're around a group, a big group of people or new people. Mm-hmm. And... Dave and I were both very familiar with that whole group and Dave and I can be very loud and aggressive and vulgar and That's true. kind of in your face. So, and you, Dave, when you came to my house for that UFC, you were around everyone you knew. It was yeah. all your old neighbor buddies. Sure. So you're probably being, you know, loud, having fun, you know, talking and Ian's probably sitting there like, Oh God, I got to get the fuck out of here. I need, <laughs> right, I need to go call my raccoon buddies I need to rendezvous at the speedway. Um, but so I guess that's how we all met. And then, you know, I, I was at Ian's house almost every weekend hanging out. We were, would watch some wrestling or Damn. UFCs, drink some beers. And he was eventually like, hey, I want to start this podcast. Uh, you want to come over and drink some beers and I'll tell you some stories? And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and then we recruited Dave from there to be the third. Well, we sent it to him to give us his opinion on it. We recorded one, didn't right, we? Right, the one just that me and you. It's just me and you, yeah. Like, I think you guys need my help here. <laughs> I know what will fix this. <laughs> me. <laughs> I will take 50%. You guys share the other 25, 25. 
and I will help you make this podcast successful. <laughs> and so that's how it all started. That's it. Three years ago. And then now, Ian, you're still in that, that same neighborhood, yep. same crib. Dave and I have both moved to a, Dave and I now live, what, 10 or 11 houses away from each other? Something like that. In our own neighborhood. And, you know, a five-minute drive from Ian's house. So yep. that's the story. That's, that's the updated story. That's where story. we're at. Yeah. Somebody marked this down. So if anyone else asks how we met, we can tell them it was the fucking aerial school <laughs> UFOs. I like the glory hole uh, story much better, though. Maybe each time we answer this, we can come up with a whole new thing. <laughs> and just like as a shoot, just tell it straight up. Like, <laughs> Being like, well, Dave and Ian, you know, we're at the gas station and both, both reached for like the last vape pen or something. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Touched hands. They both realized they were tatted up from wrist to shoulder. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. It was a take my breath away moment. So, all right. Well, I hope that answers the question. What? And I think that was that it was either the night you got lost or you just felt fell right in the mud. The one time you tried to go through the backyard and not around the mud night. That was a rough night. (laughs) Oh, you think that that was uh, that was the sponge incident (laughs) that may have or may not have happened. I don't know. Oh, it happened. Pretty safe to say that happened. You want to remind people what the sponge incident is? I don't think we've ever told it on this. uh, I believe. uh, Go ahead. You can tell it for me because I don't remember any of it. I believe your wife located a sponge in the sink the following morning with a bite mark that could have (laughs) forensically been linked to your teeth, indicating that you attempted to eat a sponge. (laughs) Must have looked rather appetizing. It got in the way of his Hot Pockets that night. I don't even understand how I would mistake a sponge for food you know what's ridiculous is like (laughs) when you're like you ever have those moments when you were like super stupid drunk but then like as you're doing something super stupid you have that moment of clarity where you're like what the fuck am i doing (laughs) i can't remember what that happened to me sometime recently but i can't even remember what what i was doing but i was like what are like Almost something as stupid as like I was trying to put like a bowl of cereal in the microwave, which like oh, I wasn't yeah. doing. That wasn't what it was. But it was like as you're doing it, you're like, wait, what am I doing? Why is this happening? Were you jerking off to Nickelback or something <laughs> like that? Well, you don't have to be drunk to do that. <laughs> I think. Oh, that's what it was. I was jerking off to Jody Arias. And I was like, wait, what the fuck are you doing? And then I deleted image. Open up Casey Anthony. and Boom goes the dynamite. Um, Yeah, we get those sponges that are like. Appetizing? No, sponge, oh. sponge on one side and then like the Brillo pad thing on oh, the other yeah. side. So, yeah. Still, doesn't yeah, that, help your case. That explains it, Ian. Thanks for clearing it up. I just mean So, it. you're looking at either bright yellow or bright green. Either way, you we're going to town. This next clip goes back to the H.H. Holmes series and is the origin of the more jizz. Enjoy. You know what I mean? But this is where things get way off the fucking rails. Mudge oh, also- this is where they get off the rails. <laughs> this is <laughs> Mudge describes hauntings or being haunted by H. H. Holmes's ghost. Coincidentally, around the same time that Mudge inherited the diaries, he also started being visited by Holmes's ghost. <laughs> he talks about literally seeing Holmes's face and hears his voice in his head, trying to f- convince Mudge to become a serial killer as well. Hello, my great grandson. <laughs> It's your papa, B.B. Bukaki. <laughs> I want you to spray jizz on everyone. More jizz. 
place perfectly in the serial and the uh, the the recruitment for the university, right, Dave? It all fits together. The serial killer. I nailed this a couple pages ago. Yeah. With the serial killer foundation. It's almost like you had this thought out ahead of time. <laughs> More jizz. I'll have to add that hashtag to the uh, post. More jizz. Multiple Z's. Look, when your great grandfather is BB Bukaki. You got to carry up the family, uh, <laughs> family pride. I agree. God damn it! Where's the blue chew ad when we need them? Spray them, spray them, mudget, spray them all. <laughs> My stomach hurts. Hose them down, mudget. <laughs> so in the book. He gets into doctors explaining the hallucinations and attributing them to um, an equally coincidental development of a brain tumor and periodic life-threatening seizures. The illness threatens Mudge's life throughout the book, and at one point he's given a terminal diagnosis, but the tumor just disappears around the same time that Mudge solves some mysteries surrounding his ancestry. It's amazing. It is amazing. Almost. Completely coincidental. <laughs> um, so believable, that story. I think so. Yeah, It's the work of the Lord, Dave. <laughs> he works in mysterious ways. You're just piling it on for yourself I now. Know, at this I point. know. What, at this point, whatever. You hear that theory, and it's like, oh, that sounds good. And you read what the book's about, and you're like, oh, wait a second. Right, right. <laughs> this is nonsense. What's it called? Bloodstain? Bloodline? Bloodstains. Bloodstains. Hmm. I don't know if I'm buying it, Mike. What do you think? Yeah, I'm gonna go no. <laughs> I actually think Holmes's own confession holds more weight than his fucking grandson's. Like great great grandson. Yeah, his great great grandson who literally is just trying to make a buck off this. I mean, I don't blame him. I would. Oh yeah. Yeah. This next clip goes way back to the toy box killer episode where Mike had to read the recordings the toy box killer made and his victims would hear upon waking up uh, i included solely because it was so interesting to watch mike squirming and how uncomfortable he was reading this dialogue so here you go buddy hello there bitch are you comfortable right now i doubt it wrists and ankles chained gagged probably blindfolded you're disoriented and scared too i'd imagine perfectly normal under the circumstances for a little while at least, you need to get your shit together and listen to this tape. It's very relevant to your situation. I'm going to tell you in detail why you've been kidnapped, what's going to happen to you, and how long you'll be here. I don't know the details of your capture because this tape is created July 23rd, 1993 as a general advisory tape for future female captives. The information I'm going to give you is based on my experience dealing with captives over a period of several years. If at a future date there are any major changes in our procedures, the tape will be upgraded. Now, you're obviously here against your will, totally helpless, don't know where you're at, don't know what's going to happen to you, you're very scared or very pissed off. I'm sure that you've already tried to get your wrists and ankles loose and know that you can't. Now just waiting to see what's going to happen next. You probably think you're going to be raped and you're fucking sure right about that. A primary interest is in what you've got between your legs. You'll be raped thoroughly and repeatedly in every hole you've got because basically you've been snatched and brought here for us to train and use as a sex slave. Sound kind of far out? Well, I suppose it is to the uninitiated, but we do it all the time. 
It's going to take a lot of adjustment on your part, and you're not going to like it a fucking bit, but I don't give a rat's big ass about that. It's not like you're going to have any choice about the matter. You've been taken by force, and you're going to be kept and used by force. What all this amounts to is that you're going to be kept naked and chained up like an animal to be used and abused anytime we want, any way that we want to. And you might as well start getting used to it because you're going to be kept here and used until such time as we get tired of fucking around with you. And we will eventually in a month or two, maybe three. It's no big deal. My lady friend and I have been keeping sex slaves for years. We both have kinky hangups involving rape, dungeons, games, etc. We found that it's extremely convenient to keep one or two female captives available constantly to uh, satisfy our particular needs. Well, he really got into that, didn't he? I have nightmares about that. Next up, the classic close your blinds. Good advice. It's all part of uh, close your blind security. <laughs> part of our thousand dollar package. I'm going to do a commercial for close your blind. <laughs> close your blind security. It's going to be real quick. Scared at night? Close your blinds. Yeah. Hello, hello. Is this close your blind security? Someone's looking in my window. What do I do? <laughs> This had like a, a blind curtain thing happen and be like, close your blinds. Oh, thank you. That's great advice. We'll send you a bill, ma'am. Yeah. No, it's it's you you're so you're a subscriber. Like we don't just take cold calls. Thousand bucks a month. Unlimited calls for us to come close your blinds. Unlimited texts will remind you, hey, don't shoot your firearm off in the air. Hello, close your blind security. The sun's setting and it's shining right through my window onto my TV. I'm trying to watch Wheel of Fortune. What should I do? Ma'am, you should close your blinds. Oh, that's a great idea. Thank you. Literally solves almost any problem you will ever have. Just close your blinds. Hello, close your blind security. There's a big fat man jerk masturbating in my front yard. I hurt in my eyes. What should I do? Ma'am, you should close your blinds. Why didn't I think of that? That's great. Thank you. That's why we're here, ma'am. <laughs> Always good advice. Close your blinds. All right, next up, here's an interesting clip. Often asked for, for some reason... The Amityville show from way back got deleted off of our Spotify, Apple, wherever it was. The show was deleted, and somehow we can no longer locate the master the 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 master file for that show. But I had pulled this clip of Mafia Mike way back for the soundboard, and we're pretty sure at this point it's the only clip from that show that remains. I don't. I think that show's gone for good. But uh, here you go. Mafia Mike origin story. Talked about this before. If you kill your whole family, <laughs> don't talk to the police without your attorney. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> the more you know. Brought to you by Dave. And like we said, like you said, him shitting on his mom right after uh right after she had been killed. After he confessed, this is what Butch said about his brothers. My brother is a f- couple of fucking pigs. I often use the same bathroom they use. I go in there, and sometimes there's shit in the bowl, and there's no toilet paper. These fucking pigs don't even wipe their asses. A couple times, there was even shit on the back of the seat. <laughs> I mean, that's worth an ass whooping, right? But maybe not killing them. <laughs> I don't know, man. You can only sit and shit a couple of times before you lose it. 
<laughs> and Butch said he got the idea to kill them from the movie Castle Keep, which I've never seen that movie. I have not heard of it. It's an old war movie. I've never, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, it, well, we'll see. He comes up with a bunch of different yeah. stories. But then Butch also said, Once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mafia Mike's interpretation of the reading. It is what it is. <laughs> Mafia Mike, I believe that's the only clip, uh, only minute and a half that remains from that show. What a loss, guys. What a loss. Next up, we are going back to the Stardust Ranch show for the introduction of Ja Rule. Yeah, like Steven Seagal in that Ja Rule movie. He was in, uh, what was that called? <laughs> half Past Dead when he beat the lie detector test. Remember that? Holla, holla. <laughs> I, I don't even understand what just happened. Holla, holla. <laughs> ja Rule made a movie? or Steven Seagal Ja Rule movie is called Half Past Dead, and Seagal was like an undercover. And you're making fun of me from Paul Blart Mall, mall Cop. You're watching Ja Rule movies. I've seen everything, though. You can't make no. that argument. You've never seen Die Hard, and you have no. time to watch fucking Paul no, Blart. because I have self-respect. I don't watch Bruce Willis movies. <laughs> Ja, so John Rule made a movie. Who directed it? I don't know who directed it. Steven Seagal, undercover agent, Ja Rule, and uh, he beat the lie detector test. Holla, holla. <laughs> it's a good fucking movie. Half past Sounds dead. Sounds like it should go on an Academy Award. <laughs> I think that's the right movie. But yeah, they were questioning him because he was undercover. And so the mob bosses or whoever was like, put him into lie detector test or whatever. And he beat it because he's Steven Seagal and he beats everything. That's what John was doing. (laughs) Same thing, right. That's what made me think of it. (laughs) So John just started changing channels on the TV like nothing was wrong. Holla, holla. The way you initially, the way you initially said it, you were like he was in that Ja Rule movie. Well, it is a Ja Rule and, movie. And that's when I was like, wait, Ja Rule made a movie. Ja Rule made lots of movies. What are you talking about? He, he did Fast and Furious stuff, right? I don't or, know. I don't know. I don't something know. something I watched, like, similar. The first one. He some. I think. I don't know. Anyways, oh, I don't remember. I just fast- I, I took it as Ja Rule made a movie and he cast Steven Seagal in it. And oh, I, like, I don't think he made awesome. the movie but per I, se. They were yeah. both in the movie. Right. And from what I understand, Steven Seagal is a like a prima donna piece of shit. So I could not see him doing that. I've heard nothing but negative things about Steven Seagal. Yeah, he's a weird guy. And that he's out. a phony too. Like he's not. Yeah. I think we've talked about him. There's that video of him like beating like, like just. Kung Fu fighting all these Japanese guys and yeah. they're just rolling on the ground. He's like moving very slow, knocking them out of the way. It's very funny. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's a chore- choreography practice <laughs> yeah. for like a movie. It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I don't I don't love him. I did love those Seagal movies in the early days though. But he turned out to be kind of a tool. But it was what well, that was like the 80s, right? Like yeah, when all those like action the, stars were coming out. Yeah, Above the Law, Out for Justice, uh, Hard to Kill. Those first three Seagal movies were cool. He did a movie. I can't remember the name of it, but it was a straight-to-DVD with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm. Oh, fuck. I wish I remembered it. I'm going to have to look it up. But Was Ja Rule in it? Holla, holla. I don't believe that anyone chooses to work with Steven Seagal twice. <laughs> so maybe Ja Rule was like, 
Uh, I'm out. No thanks. I'm not going to work with uh, Mr. Seagal again. I feel like we could get Ja Rule on the show at this point. <laughs> I would love to talk to Ja Rule. Because every thug needs a lady. <laughs> I don't know. What's he doing these days? We had a little bit of a PR issue with that fire festival thing. Oh, that's right. He was that guy. Yeah, that shit got weird. So <laughs> he's not, turned he, out too good. So he's looking for anything to make the comeback. Probably. Right? Why don't we be that stepping stone? I'll headline Ja Rule's comeback tour. I'm a big Ja Rule fan. <laughs> That'd be awesome. What, what do you think? He's just at jawrule at gmail.com? <laughs> Probably. Ja.rule. Ja.rule. Absolutely. At gmail.com. All right. I'm going to send that out. I'll, I'll, I'll personally do it. I don't trust that to do this. I'll do it. Ja.rule at gmail.com. Hello, Mr. Rule. <laughs> Heard you're looking for a comeback. Sorry about your past endeavors. Tell Recent, about, tell recently about. discussing Steven Seagal and your name popped up. Tell him about uh, Declan's mom. You know how we do it. Feet to shoulder. It's like when he's fucking Ashanti in the back of the Yukon. That's how we'll we'll bond over that. We'll bond over fucking girls. And- holla, holla. That's how I'm going to title the email. Holla, holla. <laughs> I got to finish fucking you with the skirt on. Backseat of the Yukon. This would be a great. That would be a great episode. Mm-hmm. It would be cool. All of our fucking. <laughs> I would love to fucking general. It's fucking awesome. We do all these serial killers, ghost stories. One Sunday, we just release a full episode of us talking to John Rule. <laughs> That'd be the greatest thing ever. Come on. So, Fire Fest. So, Fire Fest. That sucked, huh? <laughs> Tell us about it. How about those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Am I right? Holla, holla. <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck did we get on this? Steven sure. Seagal. Like beating that yeah. uh beating the aliens test, reminding me oh, of Steven yeah, Seagal yeah. beating the lie detector in half past was a dead. stream of consciousness that like <laughs> good thing I had that Ja Rule clip handy, am I right? Yeah. So, so first time in weeks you had a good clip handy. <laughs> the Ja Rule introduction to Necro. Alright, and for our final clip tonight. I see comments all the time asking what the origin story of the legendary Mrs. Hildebrand is. It's from the South Shields Poltergeist episode. Came out of nowhere. Mrs. Hildebrand. Oh, and that's true. So people are more skeptical of it. Hello, Mike. This is uh, (laughs) Mrs. Hildebrand from your bank. Um, (laughs) I get your password and your social security number. I need to transfer some money. Check my phone number. It shows the bank number. Not a hacker spammer. So the record, anybody who's not updating my phone instantly gets sent a voicemail anyway. So I screen every uh, Mike, it's Mrs. Hildebrand again. I need your social security number. I ain't giving call me back. So I want a wire transfer outgoing to Nigerian Prince for a hundred thousand dollars. Oh well. If you're going to marry a Nigerian prince, Mrs. Hildebrand, of course. Take all my money. Uh, hello, Mike. Uh, Mrs. Hild- Vice President, Mrs. Hildebrand from the bank. Um, we've heard back from you. The Niger- each, Niger- time, each time her title gets bigger That's and right. bigger, Niger- it's still Mrs. Hildebrand. Nigerian prince, uh, waiting for your $100,000 transfer. 
please call back with your pin authorization number. Next time she's chief justice <laughs> of the local branch. Uh, I'm at Mike. Uh, Mike, uh, hello, this is uh, President Hildebrand of the United States of America. I'm looking for your pin number to transfer your whole account to the Nigerian Prince Mufasa. What can you do with that? You can't argue it. You can't argue it, right? Mufasa. He's dipping a lion king now. <laughs> From a guy who says he's never watched Disney movies. Please call he me just, back. He just went old school. Hello, Mike. This is the God. I mean, Mrs. Hildebrand. I'm the ruler of the universe. I haven't heard from you. I need your pin number. So there's something to be said about technology. It makes it easier yeah. to hoax this stuff. That's true. Micah. <laughs> I'm wondering if you'll eat my 80-year-old hairy pussy if you won't give me your pin number. This is uh, Mrs. Hildebrand at the bank again. We should have led with that, first of all. Where were you 15 calls ago? I just want you to lap my labia. (laughs) (laughs) I know you don't know what a clit is, but if you could just pawn your tongue in my pussy... My vulva I'd be okay. That sounds fantastic. Let's do it. There's <laughs> about five pages of notes that we have made an hour and a half. <laughs> My boss is waiting for you. Oh, I'm so brand. I'll be there. I'll see you next week. My stomach at the usual spot. Take your take your blue chew. If you're nice and you kiss me, I'll let you put it in my asshole. How did we get to this? No, no. What? What? Did, we went from being able to hoax a poltergeist to some old woman harassing me, sexually harassing me. Call it courting. It's not harassment. I just want you balls deep in me, Mike. I'll join the club again, baby. Mrs. Hildebrand. Call me back. <laughs> From the bank. <laughs> so, so at this point. In I'll give you a rim job. Oh, I'll put gosh. my tongue so far up your asshole. Your colon will be happy. Mrs. Hildebrand, you have a bad back. You shouldn't be doing anything like that in any of those positions. You're 84 years old. For God's sake, just that's enough. Tastes like pennies. <laughs> so it was September at this point in the story. All right, there you have it. Year-end show. Hope you like some of those clips. A couple from 2023. Several going. It's got almost five years back. Anyway, have a happy new year, everybody. We'll see you next year. Take care.